Welcome to the Friendship Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Binnick, and today we're going to be talking about all things fitness, wellness, and mindset so that you can be the best version of yourself for everybody and your family and life that loves you and needs you. All right, guys, what is going on today? We are here in the new year, which means it is time to start discussing virtuosity and mastery. And we're going to talk about focus in you know all of the areas that we like to discuss on this podcast. So health and fitness, number one. Relationships, number two. Movement is kind of going to be like a, a third one, but obviously fits into health and fitness. And then, you know, our financial and mental uh, well-being. So as we dive into this, you know, these all stem every year. I have this list of articles that are my favorite articles of all time. I go through this list and I reread some of the foundational documents that got me motivated to pursue health and fitness in the first place. A lot of these are the original Greg Glassman articles that he wrote to start CrossFit to guide other coaches and, you know, gym owners towards what really health and fitness was missing at the time. So a lot of these were written in 2004, five, and six, and they're very succinct. You know, I had a writing teacher I was very blessed to have in my life who was obsessed with cutting, 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 shorter, get more to the point, good, but make it shorter, good, but make it shorter. And what you were left with at the end was just the meat. There wasn't a lot of fluff. There wasn't a lot of extra. And that's really what I love about a lot of these articles. Some of the other ones are written by John Wellborn. And this was, he was the creator of CrossFit football, which doesn't exist, hasn't existed for years now, but was the first original program that I ever actually followed to a T for years because it was kind of strength-based. And I was very weak when I first started um, physically training. So these documents really provide such a beautiful template on focus. And, you know, the first article, the one I have pulled up here is Fundamentals, Virtuosity, and Mastery. And my hope to convey to you in this podcast is the importance of focus and how we, in, how we should be focused and how we can focus on the actions required to achieve virtuosity and mastery. And one of the famous lines that Greg Glassman has that is often quoted is, just when you think you're starting to figure it out. Go back to the beginning and go through the fundamentals with a fine tooth comb. And now I've been doing this for coming up on 16 or 17 years. And what I can tell you is I've repeated a few workouts, you know, lately at 37, how old am I? 37 coming up on 38 years old. And I'm doing better in the workouts. Now, time and some of those things, you know, maybe roughly equal, maybe I'm a touch slower here and there. But more importantly, I get to feel how my body feels. And, you know, for a long time when I was doing workouts with squats, I had to wear Olympic lifting shoes or I would squat just a little bit on my toes or I really struggled with things like dumbbell thrusters and dumbbell front squats and kettlebell front squats and doing those things in nanos or Olympic lifting in just flat, regular shoes. Because I had a severe mobility problem with my ankles, which you know made it a problem for my hips, which made it a problem for my lower back. And 
I avoided it forever. I kept putting duct tape on the problem. I kept just putting on the Olympic lifting shoes, raising up my heels, putting on a bunch of knee sleeves and protecting myself in those ways and then wearing a belt. And so if it was like a dumbbell front squat workout, if you ever go back and watch any of the, you know, see any of the pictures or videos of when I was competing, it was always like, you know, geared up, right? Like I always had all this duct tape all over me. And at that time, I was honestly, if I'm being totally frank, I was just a little too egotistical to take the steps necessary to slow down, have a long view of things, and not worry about this season or next season, but worry instead about you know where I was going for the next 10 years. And had I done that, had I taken those steps back and focused more on my movement, and focused less on maybe my times or my weights or my progress or all of those things, my ceiling would now be much higher. It would have then been much higher. I would have been much more successful in everything that I tried to pursue. But such is life, right? <laughs> Youth is wasted on the young. So when I think about this now, you know, I've, I've really taken a fine tooth comb back through not only my programming and the entire creation of build was a creation of giving everybody a fundamental focus towards virtuosity and mastery and really honestly, no weak spots in your movement, no single leg left or right, no mobility, no issue. You do pauses, you do tempos, you do holds, barefoot, no belt, no gear. How I wish I would have built myself up from the core from the very beginning is how I program build every day. And the process of committing to build for years has allowed me now to go back into Thrive and start testing some of these workouts and feel better than I've ever felt, move better than I've ever moved. And that is really cool to say when you know, you're 10 years or 12 years older than when you were maybe at your prime or hitting your, your premium weights to start saying like, yeah, listen, I might not be able to you know, clean 335 anymore, but I'll tell you what, I can clean 285 or 300 with really good form and feel way better and wake up the next day and not feel like crippled and my lower back hurts and I'm rolling out of bed and somebody else is putting on my socks at 28, 29 years old. So that's the purpose of virtuosity and mastery. That's why we go back through the fundamentals with the fine tooth comb. That's why we rebuild ourselves. And that's what this time of year is for, is to restructure, start thinking about where are my blind spots, where are my weaknesses, and what have I been neglecting in the pursuit of now that I know five years from now I'm going to wish that I had dialed in. And so we're going to start with health and fitness. We're going to start with movement. So first, let's just talk about the fundamentals of health and fitness. Number one, like number one fundamental that you need to be obsessed with, the action item that you need to take today is if you have been working out for any extended period of time, but you haven't done the deeper dive on the basic necessary actions on your nutrition, that's your focus. That's your step one. And what I want you guys to be obsessed with is not the completed end picture because that's always going to be changing not even necessarily working with a coach, but what is one action item right now that you know that you are not doing that you could start today or right now that's going to get you one step closer to better? What is the one thing that, you're, that you maybe have in your nutrition that's bad that you know that you could cut out or improve or do less of? 
What is the one thing that you don't have in your nutrition, in your diet that you know that you need more of? What can you take action on today and be obsessed with the action? Don't be obsessed with perfection. Don't be obsessed with the end product. Nothing. Just be obsessed with the action. And so for me, like I always focus on this where I know for me, breakfast is the most important thing, right? Like, and that's not true for everybody, but it is for me, right? Breakfast is probably my healthiest meal of the day. It's my most consistent meal of the day. I love it. I look forward to it. It doesn't change. It's the exact same every day. And that sets the tone for me. That sets everything else is sort of a foundation built upon that. So it sets, I get ahead on protein for the day. I get ahead on nutrients. I get ahead on all of these different things just set from eating a good breakfast. That I know helps me with cravings later on in the day. I know that that helps me feel good for my workout. I know these things because I've tested over years of getting exactly the right amounts of exactly the right things that I enjoy that make me feel good, that my stomach does well with, my body does well with, uh, and, and I've got that dialed in. So for me, that action item every day is making sure, number one, you know, I've got Costco's been out of eggs, been killing me lately, but make sure I've got the eggs ready in the refrigerator. Make sure, you know, I've got the butter, I've got the toast, make sure I've got my smoothies, make sure I've got everything I need to make that happen. Those are the action items I'm obsessed with. Never let yourself get low on those items. Always make sure you have the abundance in the fridge. And then like clockwork every day, it's we go through this routine, we go through this process. I eat my breakfast two hours later, I hit my workout. And that's just kind of the way that I like to program. Every, every day is obviously not going to be that perfect, but that's what I strive for. So action items. This is what we're obsessed with is what are the actions that are going to lead me to virtuosity and mastery in whatever topic we're talking about. So the next one we're going to focus on is going to be movement, right? And this is the big thing for people, you know, that I see that if you'd say grinds my gears as a coach, as a programmer is people love the flashy stuff. And this is what honestly this, this whole thing is. I'm going to read you a quote from this Glassman article. The novice's curse is manifested as excessive adornment, silly creativity, silly creativity, weak fundamentals, and ultimately a marked lack of virtuosity and delayed mastery. If you've ever had the opportunity to be taught by the very best in any field, you've likely been surprised at how simple, how fundamental, how basic the instruction. The novice's curse afflicts learner and teacher alike. Physical training is no different. There's a compelling tendency among novices developing any skill or art, whether learning to play the violin, writing poetry, or to compete in gymnastics to quickly move past the fundamentals and onto more elaborate, more sophisticated movement skills and techniques. The compulsion is the novice's curse, the rush to originality and to risk. So well written. It just, it blows my mind every time. Like you can just sit and drink that in, can read it. I've probably read this 50 times and every year it comes back to me as fresh and it means something a little bit more, a little bit different. And again, if we're going to skip past something, we're going to jump back. But one of my things for virtuosity and mastery is not reading more books. I'm done reading new books. I'm just going to read the books that have impacted me and caused me and forced me to take immediate action right away. I'm going to read those books more. Better to read the most impactful books of your life 10 times 
than to read 10 books one time half-assed that make you do no action, right? That don't cause anything to happen. You read it, you go, oh my gosh, oh, this is good. You recommend it to people, but you take no action from it. Those books are worthless. That does nothing for you. All we're trying to do is spurn action in our lives. And this reading every year spurns action, right? So one of the things that grinds my gears a little bit as a coach, as a programmer, is is watching this year after year after year. You know, I get to teach people the air squat a thousand times over and over and over. And so I get to feel how dead cold as a coach in the fundamentals of our program, a squat feels for me every day. And my goal is every year for it to feel a little better and to look a little better and to perform a little better. And it does, thankfully, now it didn't for my first few years. But what we see is when we have squat and squat development, when we have items in, let's say Thrive, that's posted as accessory. So after the workout, right? We do the flashy, we do the workout, we do the stuff that makes us sweat, makes us breathe hard and feels hard. So we like that. But then when it's time for the accessory at the end, if you ever notice, at least if you guys are watching me, unless there is an extenuating circumstance where like I've got you know, a meeting that's budding right up to class and I have to move on. I hope that every single time that you watch me, that you see me, that I am putting in massive intention to the accessory work. Because what I know after all these years is it's the accessory work that makes you better. That's what so many people don't understand is number one, how you do anything is how you do everything when it comes to movement. You know, that saying is kind of fraught with errors, but when it comes to movement, it's so true. How you move in your warm-up, the intention you put in your warm-up every day, how you arrive at the gym and the mentality that you come when you step onto the floor, that sets the tone for your effort that day. Do you come in and sit on the floor and do nothing? And then do you struggle to get up or motivated or, you know, to put in maximum effort? when you're called to? Is it hard for you to get really heavy because you don't warm up properly? And every rep in the warm-up is an opportunity to move better or it's another thing that's going to cause you to move worse. It's an opportunity to start to wake your body up to be more intense, to go faster, to go harder, to improve your fitness, or an opportunity to stay lazy and tired and slow. And when you go to you know, the CrossFit Games and you're watching all the best athletes in the world warm up, those, nobody takes their warm-ups as seriously as these guys do. I once watched Dan Bailey warm up for 52 minutes and the warm-up was like at an intensity level that is faster than any of us would ever do a workout. 52 minutes or like a two or three minute sprint workout at regionals one time. And he's going through multiple shirts during his warm-up. He's sweating so much just to prepare himself for maximum intensity when he goes onto the floor. And that's an extreme example, but a lot of these guys are always going to be warming up to that degree, to that caliber. And you watch their obsession with how they move a barbell, even if it's just like the first time they pick it up, watch what they do. First thing, they twist their elbows, they tighten their core, they go through their strict presses. It's impressive from the second their hands touch the barbell. Everything is an opportunity to move better. Then they go through the workout. And then when you watch what a lot of the top programming is going to exist of is one or two quote unquote flashy workouts. And then a boatload of accessory exercise that you will never see 
on Instagram or on social media or in their private program, you know, whatever, they don't put that stuff out there because they know it's not sexy and they know that people think that they want to do these sexy Metcons. It's not what it is. What they're actually doing is a ton of physical therapy, accessory, movement-focused training, slow, boring, fundamental work. That's what makes everything better. And no matter what discipline you talk to, whether it's golf or basketball or CrossFit or strength sports or Olympic lifting, that holds true. It's the boring, repetitive processes. And so yesterday I was playing basketball and, you know, you see the highs and lows of this, right? Like I wish I could sit and train, uh, for basketball as my sport, right? Um, it's for me, it's an accessory, but I do love it. And it, it, you know, it brings me so much happiness and joy. I wish I could take the time to develop and get better, uh, in the highs and lows of the sport. So one game, you know, we're, we're down and I think we're down like 11 to six and, you know, I, I get an offensive rebound and an assist. And so now it's 11 to eight and we go through this game and, you know, I'm having a, a good impact and then I end up hitting a game winning three. Okay. So you're feeling good. You're walking off the court. You're like, dang, okay, we came back and I was an integral part of that. And, you know, we win that game and I hit the game winning shot. Like, man, okay, I'm on a high. The very next game, I miss two wide open embarrassingly bad layups, right-handed layups, my strong hand, wide open pass and brick the layup. And that's that high and low of this sport. And that's what you're going to see inside of the gym also is when you're new or when you aren't in practice enough, you can never discount those fundamentals, no matter how good you do at something. So let's say you're, you know, your handstand walks are getting better or your pull-ups are improving or your rope climbs are getting better. Right when that, you know, fancier thing is getting better, the fundamental that underlies it, you know, you might have like a really bad squat day and your squat feels bad and now your knee hurts and it slows you down. And that's the high and low of this. That's why we can't, you know, skip focus on any accessory piece or skip focus on any developmental opportunity we have. And so this is my, my call to you guys is the action item from this is put the intention into every moment of every class every moment of every workout. See if you can really listen to the coach and see if you can do exactly what they say. If they say, go heavy, go heavy. If they say, warm up and add weight every round on the barbell, warm up and add weight every round on the barbell. If they say to, you know, go fast and move your feet and they're doing this, like really focus just on that one thing. If you put the focus and intentionality into every rep you do every single day, number one, you're going to feel more fulfilled with your workout. You're going to feel better about it. I guarantee it. Number two, you're going to know that when you leave the gym, that you got better that day. You'll know without a shadow of a doubt that you got better. And I'll tell you, I've been feeling that a ton lately. And I love that feeling because I put the intentionality into everything all the way down to that last accessory rep on something that feels like, it's like, ah, you know, I could just go and start talking to people and just kind of call it a day. Cause I already did kind of my meat and potatoes and you know, I don't need my veggies too. Those are the days where like, that's the accessory piece then to put your work in and make sure you get the intention out of it. Make sure that you're working on your posture and your mobility and your pauses and your holds and physical therapy and keeping your shoulders healthy and your back healthy and your knees healthy and your hips healthy. That's the stuff that adds up. And I promise you, if you dedicate yourself to just trying a little bit harder from warm up to the last piece of accessory, sticking in the clock, making all the sets, making every rep count, 
doing your absolute best from top to bottom, you will start to see yourself reach that next level. That is virtuosity and mastery in movement and fitness. And so obviously I've been lucky enough to train some very elite athletes at the highest levels of multiple different sports. What I can tell you is the people who were the most impressive in each of those, they did not take one piece lightly, one day off. They still focused on the fundamentals every single time. And it was an obsession with like, how do I place my feet when I'm doing a burpee to maximize my absolute energy and speed and all these, all this stuff. We used to dissect the absolute smallest little things. And we would spend hours and hours and hours working on, you know, little simple rope climb footholds and burpee feet placement, box jumps and step up rhythms and routines and all this little stuff. Every little nuance to give us the slightest little edge to make us just the littlest 1% better. And you guys are going to get that coaching a lot of times in class because a lot of those people are still around coaching you every day. And even if they weren't doing that stuff, they were in the process of watching it happen. They were noticing that like, oh, hey, if I do my feet like that in a burpee, I'm actually not as tired. I feel better. It doesn't tire. It doesn't fatigue me as much. And so we're picking up and passing on. And that's why, number one, the sport has elevated so much. And two, why, you know, the athletic prowess of just your average everyday gym goer, even at Friendship and, and across, you know, multiple of the higher level gyms that have been around for a while is astounding compared to just your regular everyday Joe, even people who work out. Like if you just go to like a lifetime fitness and you just pull out, you know, a 40 year old guy and who's been working out consistently at lifetime doing, you know, cable crosses and treadmill and all that stuff. The, the actual real fitness level is staggering how much faster and better and the ceiling that people get when they do this type of training. And a lot of the reason is because of that. We are really dialing in on movement and movement alone. All right. So our next two, we're going to talk about virtuosity and mastery. And these are just my focuses for this year. So from a business, obviously, I have my own things that I'm working on, but this is not a business podcast, so I'm not going to talk about that too much. But I've got virtuosity, fundamentals, and mastery that I am trying to achieve in being a better business owner. And each year, it's just tightening the screws down on these two or three things. Things get loose, right? Just like they do with nutrition, just like they do with your consistency in the gym, just like they do with your effort and your strength and you know your health generally and how your joints feel and all that stuff. Things ebb and flow. And so we got to tighten the screws down. We got to improve, got to make things better. Um, and I'm hopeful that you guys will continue to see that from me. But the other two areas that I like to focus in on are relationships. And so, you know, my, my big thing with Maria this week is, you know, we're making it a priority to go on a date night and refocusing on our fundamentals, touching more, telling each other more, you know, about how we're feeling on specific days and having a little bit more of a deeper discussion on things that we want. We're talking a lot about goals right now for each other, for the gym, for our lives together, what we want, you know, in in the next five years, in the next 10 years for our house, for our home, for our kids, having those discussions, but prioritizing us and, you know, date night and even just little things. Just like if we're watching TV at night, we're not on, you know, separate couches on our phones, but we're like actually physically touching each other and spending that time together not on our phones. Um, so little stuff like that, again, tightening the screws down. What are, if we start thinking about what is mastery in a relationship, it's being on the same page, understanding where each other is emotionally, where we need help, where we can improve in that help and that communication, where we can be more supportive. It's, you know, 
it's all of the physical actions of love, right? It's, it's touching, loving, kissing, hugging, spending time together. Uh, that's not focused on other things and understanding really what, you know, the, what fills the other others cup from your relationship. You know, and I know for Maria, that's spending time together, just working on house stuff and you know, not always gym focused, which is my uh, plight, right? As I tend to be very focused on, on improving the gym. And, um, and that's something for me that I'm, that I'm always working on. So that is the virtuosity. And there's, there's very clear things where it's like spending an hour every day, just, just talking, right? So we can go for a walk. That's an easy 20, 30 minute one in the morning. Just go for a walk, talk right? End of the day, sit down, no phones. You know, we turn a, a fire on the TV on YouTube. There's like 12 hour fires that you can just turn on and just sit and talk and just be around each other and enjoy Stevie's company and so on. So that's my virtuosity. The action items for me are making sure that I get a sitter, dial in a date night, schedule and block a time. Um, and then focus for us big one this year right now, especially while the weather's kind of nice is walking, right? Spending that 20, 30 minutes every day, starting our day off, uh, with a little discussion and, you know, getting some, some clear clarity of each other's minds on kind of where we're at for the day. And then last one obviously is, is financial. You know, I think this is a great time of year to refocus on finance stuff. Um, you know, personally, um, one of my, my business owner grant, he always used to do cash January, right. Where, uh, you know, you actually physically take out, you know, like this is the, was the big great depression thing. You know, they would do the, the note cards and they would physically take cash out and they would actually put the cash away for each physical bill. And then they actually had to mail those in. God, think about that for a second. That's crazy. Um, but he does a cash month, right? And you know, he he's always shocked, I think, at how much less he spends in cash January. And so it's kind of like a sober tober or sober January, a whole 30 to start the year, whatever it is. It's just cleaning up and tightening up all the things that you actually sit down and spend money on. And if you're paying cash for everything and you physically have to go and drive to Target or Dick's or whatever to get that item. And you don't allow yourself to just shop on Amazon or go on Instagram and click bang, bang, bang. And all of a sudden, new pair of shoes is delivered at your door. If you have those barriers of entry and you actually physically have to hand over the cash, a lot of times you actually start maybe thinking a little bit more about your decisions on where you spend your money and what you do with it. And that's a really good and kind of cool way to go back to the mastery of finances, understanding that you have to spend less than you make. If you're paying everything in cash, if you're doing a cash month, it is impossible not to be a master of your money, not to have virtuosity with your personal finances, which is spending less than you make. And so again, how can we take action items? This is the big takeaway I want you guys to take away from this podcast. What are the action items? Be obsessed with action, not obsessed with end results, not obsessed with what it's going to mean three years from now or five years from now or six months from now or two months from now. Don't be obsessed with the PR and the deadlift you're going to hit in February or whatever. Be obsessed with the action of showing up on deadlift day, setting your back, breathing and bracing, making sure your stance and grip are as tight as they can possibly be and in perfect position. Focus on the action of doing better deadlifts the result of that will be a deadlift PR. But you can't focus on the end result. Don't sit there and start thinking about 
what it's going to be at the end. Don't sit there and say, well, you know, hey, I've got this, you know, spring break. We've gone on a big Disney cruise. It's going to be amazing. It's three months away. So I got to start working on my body and I got to do this. And you're thinking about the Disney cruise. You're thinking about the vacation. You're thinking about the end result. Be obsessed with the action that is going to get you that direct result and only that action. So the actions to get you that body that you want for that is to make sure that from now to then, let's say that 60 days from now, you have to make 40 workouts. 40 workouts. So you have to come at least four days a week, maybe five, every single week for the next eight weeks. That's action item number one. Action item number two, I'm not going to drink any calories. I'm going to cut out alcohol. I'm going to cut out Starbucks. I'm going to drink water and black coffee. That's it. Action item number three, I'm going to make sure that I just track my macronutrients for a day or two, make sure I'm in the right zone calorie-wise for where I should be for a day. And if I don't know what I'm doing, I'm going to read, I'm going to research, or I'm going to talk to a coach. That's it. So action item number one might just be, I'm going to read more about macronutrients and calorie numbers. I'm going to read more about tracking. I'm going to learn about what app I can download and how to do that. How do I track food? Or I'm going to talk to a coach. That's my next action item today. Got to talk to a coach. Got to figure out nutrition. Those are the action items you're obsessed with. And then you simplify that even further. Take it down to a day perspective. What do you have to do today? So that in you know, spring break time, when for your Disney cruise, you look and feel the way you want to. The action items today... I show up to the gym. I go for a walk separate from the gym in the morning and the evening to wrap up my day. 20 to 30 minute walk. I work my butt off in the gym. I focus on every single movement and intention that the coach tells me to do. And then I make sure that I have breakfast ready and I don't drink any calories. That's it. Those are my action items for today. Simple directive for you every day. And if you're obsessed with that individual action on a day-to-day basis over and over and over and over again, you compound that over two or three months, you compound that over two or three years, compound that over two decades, you'll be stunned at what you can achieve. So our focus is always around the long-term virtuosity and mastery. And when we start to fade or fatigue or lose focus or any of these things, we have to focus back on what are the action items that are going to get me the results that I need, the results that I want? What is required of me? I'm not going to, don't sit there and say, I'm going to do my best. I did my best. Do what is required. What is necessary? Right? If I sat there and said, you know, hey, I got it. you're going to go into work today. You got this big project that's due and it's due in 10 days. Okay. And you're sitting there and you're saying like, okay, and you, how's it going? Oh, I'm doing my best. I'm, I'm doing good. And then I come up to you and I say, listen, by the way, it's not due in 10 days. It's due tomorrow. And if it's not up to par, if it's not up to the standards that I need, if it's not excellent, you're fired. What would the rest of your day look like? You'd probably cancel everything. You'd probably call your significant other, say, hey, it's going to be a long day. I don't know if or when I'm going to be home. We got to figure out something for the kids. I, you know, I have to do this project with excellence. Otherwise, I'm going to lose my job. And you're going to buckle down and you're going to do the best damn job ever because it's what's required. You're not going to just do your best. You're going to do what's required. You're going to do what's necessary. And if you can shift your focus in just that little bit, 
We say to be the best parent, to be the best version of myself, to be the fittest person that I can possibly be, to be these things. I have to do what's required, not what I want, not my best. Because sometimes it's got to go beyond your best. You have to take yourself to a level you've never been before. And you have to be obsessed with doing what is required of you. And that's a simple focus that shift that has helped me a lot. When I start to you know, think about what is going to make me the best possible gym owner, the best possible coach, the best possible husband, father, the best possible version of myself, what is actually going to create that? And it's not doing my best because my best isn't good enough because I'm not where I want to be. And so I have to exceed that. I have to exceed my current best to become a new, better version of myself, to have a new, better version of the gym. Because in any given moment, every decision I ever made about the gym for the last 12 or 13 years has been my best at that given time. And now I look back on it and I think that was a stupid decision. That was shit. I can do better and I have done better and I will continue to do better. But I have to do what's required to do that. And some days that means long hours, means short sleeps. It means challenges and struggles. It means you know going to bed early on New Year's or holidays. It means not going out. It means not drinking. It means showing up prepared and ready to go for the gym. It means waking up at 3.30 or 4 instead of 4.50 so that I can drink my coffee, so that I can meditate, so that I can read, so that I can be there and ready for the 5.15 a.m. class with maximum clarity and effectiveness because that's what's required for me to be the best coach that I can be, to be the best gym owner that I can be. So... That's how I like to think about this. I hope that this gives you guys some perspective and some focus on what is required of you, what is necessary, what action items do you need to do now today. And hopefully at some point you maybe paused your podcast and texted your wife or your husband and said, hey, we need to go on a date this week. Or you started, you were re- you know, listening to this on your way to the gym or maybe on your way home from the gym and you're like, hey, you know what? I kind of phoned in that accessory piece today. Or you're on your way to the gym and you're like, oh shit, I'm going to get in. Second I get in, I'm going to do a 30 second bar hang. I'm going to get 30 strict pull-ups in before the workout even starts because I'm going to be there 10 minutes early. I'm going to ride the bike for four or five minutes. I'm going to hit 10 squats you know, with perfect form before we do anything today. Then I'm going to go through the warm up. Then I'm going to crush the workout and you have a different focus and intention for today. And if this podcast causes you to make some action, go into your little app, start it, favorite it, do whatever your app allows you to do, and then come back and re-listen to this podcast in the future when you start finding your motivation dipping. And that's that same mentality that I'm going through today as I'm reading these letters, as I'm going through these fundamental pieces of what makes friendship friendship. These articles, these blog posts, these historic documents that you know caused me to be motivated to do something better with my life and with my focus and all these things. So I hope this reaches some of you guys today. I'm so thankful for you guys and listening to this podcast still and you know, continuing to hopefully drive some action out of it. That is my purpose. That is my goal is for you guys to listen to this and take some positive action from every podcast that I try to give. Thank you guys so much. Have a great day.